I'm, I've hit the button. Is Let's that what happens about, in America? <laughs> Let's talk about where Stuart is and what he's doing first. That he's in America, you know. It's the incredible. Have you heard of America? Heard of America? Right. Yeah, it's incredible. So, yeah. where are you, Stuart? You're in the US. I'm in, we're in, I'm in Detroit, at, well, south of Detroit, in a place called Troy. So I'm here and we're doing some workshops with a client and I'm here all week. <laughs> oh, very good. First day yesterday went very well, uh, and we've got another two sessions today, and then scope and chance for other things. So yeah, it's it's been good. good. They're a lovely client. Have and is everything still? Have, your, have they told you any? Have you told them any of your best jokes and stories? No, no, not really. What about Sean Connery? You done your thing? Nothing. I was like oh. a first ball. I just sat there and went, can everybody else do the talking? Thankfully, other people did. <laughs> uh, it, it was good. I just sat there. Going, I'm, I'm done now. Weirdly, because we're doing this differently, I'm not doing a thing. So I'm going to do another thing. But listen, but let's just start off by saying. Welcome to the Good Brand Podcast. Good, our agency based in the United Kingdom. Sometimes people go, oh, Jesus. Sometimes I'm tired, man. I'm jet lagged. You're giving me jip. This is kind of good for ages. Uh, And we do uh, brands for businesses with complex global problems. And that's why I'm in America. (laughs) And this is why we talk to people. And it's weird not having the music underneath me. But I don't know. It'll be fine. But anyway, so yes, so today. What are we talking we're about talk today? About we're going to talk about why I'm here. So you are, yeah, yeah. so today we're talking about the reason, not the reason yeah. that you're there, but we're t- yeah. talking about the topic, which is why you're yes. in the States. Yes, yes, yes. The company we're working for, we're doing positioning and on some of their products. So we're doing that. And the interesting thing about, about positioning, and as a kind of definition of it, positioning is the answer to the question, how do I choose this over the alternatives? So from a customer's point of view, it's understanding, because yeah, when they're buying things, it's quite a difficult line, especially in B2B, which is there's consequences if you make the wrong mistake, if they make the wrong purchase. And so positioning helps companies help customers make the right decision. And so that's what I've got a question, too. Go on, big man. So my question, uh, in the same venture, I mean, we do talk about this a lot, but can you explain why that, this position, this process of positioning is important from a brand perspective. I, from a brand, I think it's just got to tie into the values of the business. Thing that ultimately, so the positioning will give you the value. So basically, rather than features and benefits, it'll take it one way further into value. Mm-hmm. And then the way that that then is articulated can be on websites, can be on sales presenters, it can be on trade shows, it can be, it should be used everywhere and it can be used in brochures and everything else. And so what you get out of these things at the end, it needs a story around it. It's basically, it's the beginning of a, of a story around the product and that story there at that point has to feel part of the brand. So what we do is we go around, we come up to the point and what I'll do is essentially give a brief of the positioning of this is where we are these are the value themes that we've got and then we give it to the creative team and then they create us they interweave the brand story about innovation yeah. depending on all the things and then make it a coherent story that fits in with the business so it gets to value rather than just a list of features is that what you're saying yeah I mean, at the moment if you go on a number of sites it's, it's just like features like it's easy to use and I'm quoting you a lot, Chris, of that kind of thing. I can't remember exactly where you, and I'd misquote you a lot on it, but that kind of thing. What's the opposite of easy to use? In fact, we touched on it when the when Ryan was on the podcast last month, Ryan Schultz yeah. from Stratasys, and we talked about that 
particularly technology engineering led businesses fall so in love with the technology they forget how a customer buys and that list of features is even when you do set it alongside a competitive set that's not necessarily and this is something we're probably coming to talk about that the that's not necessarily how a customer is assessing their options and making a decision and that kind of you know, the features war, we've seen it a lot in B2C and in B2B, haven't we, in terms of the long list of features that don't actually help a customer ultimately yeah, make a decision about product A over product that, B. That point you just made about the, about the opposite point. Like, he's going to say that the opposite of being used to use, no one's going to say this is difficult yeah. to use. And that came from, that resonated with me, because Roger Martin, the strategist guy, the thinker, talked about that being a strategic choice that if the opposite of the statement or feature isn't obvious, then, or if it is obvious, you know, that it, you wouldn't say it, then it's not a strategic not decision because yeah. you're not really sacrificing anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that's interesting. But, and I, when, I was just going to say, because I think one of the things, and I think you wrote an article about this, Stuart, a number of months ago, but because we used, and it's just how our thinking has evolved around this and how, I guess, we've tightened up our own process of working through this with clients. And I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit, but we were, you know, previously it was, it's not just about talking about features, it's what's the benefit to the customer. And I think your point about, or the, the process that we go through with clients now is taking it beyond just those listing it's beyond benefits into like you say defining what that differentiated value is which i think i, f- I find that interesting because it's our thinking has evolved in that as well and matured in it yeah give us an example sure can you for the listeners can you give them an example of that with that yeah i mean because it's, it's, yeah yeah basically like you've got the kind of thing is like it's got an all metal chassis you go okay and then the other so the, that's the feature and the benefit of that is easy to maintain and you go a bit and they go okay that's a benefit but the value is uh, the value is no maintenance required for twenty five thousand hours right so what, all you're doing is taking that feature and go, what does that mean and then putting a value on it on on, on money monetary terms how does this right. make me money or save me money is ultimately the value that so you're it's pushing it that. further than just yeah, stating yeah. what the yeah yeah so yeah. you can do easy to use and so you can go and, and the process and it's a woman called april dunford and mm. she's got a great process and we totally nick it because it's great and basically she goes when you say easy to use the question is so what Interestingly, even at the dinner table, everybody last night was going, so what? And I'm going, yeah. Yeah, well, you, you do this a lot, that, don't you? You push yeah. clouds a lot. And think, well, so you what, do. So you can, yeah, you go, so what? That, it's easy. And you've and done Ryan, it with us. Ryan talked yeah. about this as well, because if you remember, he was talking about in the world of 3D printing, where it's this what this machine X over machine Y has a bigger build chamber. And so what it means you can make so. bigger parts? Well, so what? It means that you operate your your machine can run at 80% capacity or, or whatever the fact. But it's yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, that, you, like how do you drill that down into the actual, what is the value? ultimately that product is delivering to that's going to, to a customer that is ultimately going to solve their problem better than either another competitor product or what they're doing at the moment which is something else you talk about in the article about the kind of the comp- real competition being the status quo which i think is well and interestingly well. when you say competition people naturally go to the competitors and that happened twice yesterday so clients people do, came in. Clients do. Clients, people, other, you, yeah, clients, yeah, yeah, clients do. So basically what clients do, when you're going through the positioning, you're sitting there going, right, okay, let's talk about the competitor set. And they kind of go, and then actually people came in after we went through that exercise and went, there's no competitors here. And it, the point of the thing is that, you know, and as I said at the beginning of the, the kickoff, you guys are cursed with knowledge. 
and you have brought in the village idiot to challenge you at every possible because <laughs> because there because you know what the competition do you know what their strengths and weaknesses are we can't go out to the market and go we're better than them we, you just can't do that so you've got to actually you, you've got to put them to one side and understand that you're not being benchmarked against the competitive set you're being benchmarked with the status quo what have they already got and how can it be better because that's what everybody's fighting against mm-hmm. and if you can't give an answer to to push it's, people to the next stage it's uh, quite to often show why you're the alternative yeah mm. that's why you're Listen, I think... I'm, that's interesting you say that Stuart because I remember when we were talking about shifting ourselves to a, an all singing all dancing piece of software for agency management and the status quo was a spreadsheet and that's what and that I remember us having that conversation that time maybe it wasn't mm. formed into the thinking we have now but that is actually what they're up against not other competition a no, spreadsheet no they're not it's interesting how the mindset goes to Straight over with these, and even trying to explain it, it was tricky because they were later into the workshop, so they hadn't seen the bit where I explained it. But there was a bit of kind of going, but it's the competition, but it's not. It's what's already there. That's what because that's it's what you're consumer be centric. From. Yeah, consumer. Yeah, focused. when you get this new thing in, they're not. That's what that person who's bought that is going to get judged on. What happened previously, and is this better? No, you should have went out to somebody else. It's mm. that's always good, and it's quite a hard thing to get the head around. But I mean, the sessions go. I love them because I am terrified every time I go in because you just don't know. It's a strange dynamic because it's team sports, so you've got multidiscipline people and yeah you've got sales you've got product you've got marketing everything in there who have all got slightly different views it does bring everybody together you don't know how they're going to react to this thankfully everybody gets quite into it quite quickly do you find sure that those sessions because it is and you quote you back to yourself product positioning is very much a team sport and are those sessions generally a very collaborative people engage everyone's engaged or does it descend into fucking madness at point no no no, generally not but what happens what i love them because what happens is things that everybody the lies they told themselves come quickly to the fore. So the, we did one where one of the benefits and the, the sales team were going out was saying, like, uh, it's got a huge environmental impact. And then we all sat in a room and I so and then you, through the process, I went, none of you put environmental impact up here. Why is that? And then they kind of looked at it and they went, oh, it doesn't have an environmental impact. The sales team goes, it doesn't? I go, no, because we've been saying it has. And I'm going, but you've not put it up on the wall. And so suddenly you're getting this whole dynamic so- of going, no, and nobody's doing this to be, rude or, or to lie they're not doing it deliberately but it's there anyway mr lumsden so i was just going to say it's interesting why is there such a blind spot in a corporate atmosphere, space like that then about this and why if it's so important because i was going to ask another question what's the risk of not doing this but why is it a blind spot and why are we seen or why is a brand consultancy and are, are we credible in that space to walk them through that that's a compound question. There's probably yeah. Two so yeah. So the first part of that question is, I just th- I think it's that thing where it's Julie mentioned earlier on. Product teams love product, and so once you kind of get into it, it's just easy. Well, it's easy, this is easy to use. This can offer you more choice. This can offer you. So what you've got is a list of features and benefits. So it's very internal focus and it's there. And it, the guys are proud of their product. It's then not taking that step further to go. You know, what's the value? And I think these value conversations happen at the beginning of product. Then product takes a long time to gestate and get it come to, to life. And then it's forgotten and then it's just bottled because they're bored of it. 
and there's a bit of kind of thing where there's a bit of boredom about it because it's easy to use. Now, they already know the value. They've, they've not started... Yeah, they take it for granted. Product. Yeah, it's just, yeah, that's exactly right. Why is a brand consultancy doing it? I think because we've built up a credibility in asking stupid questions through the brand process and challenging and sitting down and going, look, why are you doing it like this? So it's a natural extension for me when you look at product and the mm-hmm. position, the same way as they were positioning the brand about where you are and to help. It's a natural extension to, to do the same thing with product with the same rigor, with the same intelligent naivety going in, right, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I know nothing about this and I'm going to be the customer. I'm going to go, and yesterday was great. There was a lot, but why? And is it not this? And why have you not put that up? It's interesting that you've not done that because what I'm reading when I go on the website is this and this. Who are your customers? I suppose, are they- yes, and I suppose it's because we are always looking to optimize things from a customer's perspective. Mm-hmm. And if that position is not clear and the value is not clear, you can thread it all the way back. I yeah. think it does, it does feel like Stuart said, I think it, it's very much a natural extension of of the brand, the brand essentially quote, being able to define how your brand or product is sufficiently differentiated from what else is in the market to solve a customer's problem better. It's this whether it's just if it, it is a and quite often in the aspects of this stuff that I've been involved in and worked with with Stuart, it does feel like a very much a kind of natural next stage of the process as it is with this client because you've done the brand bit we've asked those kind of pesky challenging questions to get to the root of kind of the brand definition stuff and the brand platform stuff and then into what does that how does that start to then manifest itself when you take it into not down a level because i don't mean that but from a into a sort of product space the questions are essentially they're not the same the process is slightly different but it's the the questions are very similar and what, so what's so when it comes to what's the benefit of this of the output? Is it a sense that there's a clearer understanding of how a portfolio hangs together, a product portfolio? Can not I, really. Mm. No, and it doesn't get into. It doesn't. I mean, part of the challenge it's I've got. Not so today, much architecture, is it? No, it's the challenge I've got today is we're going through a topic which I think is actually three topics. Um, but we'll see how. It, but that's a good thing. I don't know how it's going to go. I think the benefit is if you're even, if you make it easy for people to buy you and understand the value and understand how you fit within the competition, like we do this and this is the value that we bring to you, you're easier to buy because right. basically if everybody else is saying easy to use, how is that helping you make a purchase? Because so, nobody's yeah. going to say, everybody's easy to use. Everybody can give you more options. Everybody can, everybody's more innovative. It doesn't help you buy. Right. It should help the process. And also what you then do is arm. So basically what you do, you work out your customers, who your best fit customers are, and then you'll come up with value themes. And those some of those value themes will fit better with some customers than other customers. But then what you've got is a suite of four or five messages. That can Rather inform campaigns and benefits. Yeah. And, and then, inform you, one, yeah. So if we are going to go for that customer, these are the three things we want to tell them out of the bank of five things. Yeah, and, it makes a lot of sense. It means yep. Yeah, and it just means it's... that you're hitting the same message repetition. You're not sitting there every time going, what are we going to say? And so you give that to sales teams. You can use that for marketing. There's a whole range of benefits. I think, though, it, and to that point, really, it does. It, it brings clarity and consistency and coherence in throughout all of those comms. But I think that, and again, having watched you go through the process, Stuart, I think it forced 
the kind of the distillation of the kind of the features stuff into the so what into that kind of it forces simplicity in that kind of messaging which like you say when it comes to then looking at it through a customer lens that decision making processes and I think the other thing I would say is that and we we actually within within with an old club oh it was the conversations we used to have with Stratasys actually not necessarily going through this process of positioning but the fact that they didn't do it actually was probably a challenge because when you go th- when you're trying to define Never mind the wider landscape and the other competitor offerings or what the what your customers using at the moment. Even being able to differentiate between your own product range, which is linked to your architecture of portfolios, it certainly is useful in highlighting, you know, overlap and where there's where that yeah. then causes confusion. Because if you as a client can't even clearly define why your product A is different to your product B, then what fucking chance has your customer got? Never mind when you then yeah, add in totally. the wider competitor stuff. A little cursing in there, Jules. Love it. I've done it. Don't you worry about it. And that's an important thing because one of part of the competitive set when we go through it and they don't like it some clients bristle a little bit at it is themselves mm. that, that that's actually yeah. where they go you're actually competing against yourself which then leads into to that product architecture go, so i'm going to put you up here as a competitor and they go but, but we're not it's a bit you are because i can choose that or that and you're not making it easy for me to choose to understand yeah. so i've got to go on a website read four pages and still yeah. you're not telling me who this is for mm. So that's what I was unfortunately, customers I think don't well, live in their little segment bubbles yeah. that cl- that we like to put them in because not yep. how. So it's a, it's a useful, how... it's a useful exercise, and it's quite a cathartic process to get to mm. a point to understand where the overlaps is are potentially. Yeah, I mean, for a portfolio. It's great because it's exciting. They, you know, clients love it because they talk about the business because it's not just about there. It's about how you're going out to sell us and say it. And I got a, it was said yesterday, we're really enjoying it because we're talking about the business. It takes us out. It's also really scary. If I don't get a moment, and I'll tell the client at the beginning, say, you will see my face when I don't know what to do um, because it's complicated. And it's in, you know, you can't, within a day, you're trying to unpick maybe 10, 15 years of legacy and how mm-hmm. they're doing things. And you're pulling it apart. And so it happened twice yesterday. I said, well, I don't know what to do. And they were all looking at me, and I'm looking behind me. I'm going, I don't know who you're looking at, because this is we're going to have to work through this and everyone else. And it's, and everybody gets on board. And you know, we came up with a really good solution to everything yesterday. You know, the next day, just finessing it. We've got another two this week, so they're really. Good. And people can see the benefit pretty quick. The, the people that get a bit the most scared about it is sales teams, because they sit there and you got future benefit, and that's what they're used to doing. And then when you're then asking what the value is, they feel uncomfortable because a they feel they should know the answer. And B, they, they don't have the answer because they've never been, you know, they've never been thought about it. Here's just features. Look, you know, it's the product run through. Like, click and it'll do that. And look, there you go. So, it's so like there's a they benefit. do get into it, though. It sounds like there's a benefit of bringing everyone on the same page and on the facing the right direction. And yeah. just make, even, even in one session, there was generic terms used for the categories within the organization. And you find out pretty quickly that everyone's got a slightly different view yeah. on But if you've then got the head of product, telling somebody that and then you've got a head of sales telling somebody that you've that, that gap over time will be bigger and bigger Waitings, yeah. And, yeah. yeah and so you're just bringing everybody together this is what we're doing so i love it it's one of the it they're exciting energizing meetings and yesterday we got in on sunday uh, afternoon we were we started kicked off at nine o'clock yesterday morning 
and I was energised all day. When we stopped, I was a burst ball. I was just like, yeah. but it was a great... Again, as you session. say, you're getting deep. You're getting beyond the veneer of features, benefits, design. You're yeah. getting deep and into really the driver. And really understand the bit. And talking about the customers and go, what makes these big customers big? And, why, and are these... Where's the opportunity? And just asking, and it's good for us. But you know, Nikki, Nikki who's a senior account manager, good. She was there, and that helps inform her on the business. So mm-hmm. when later on we're going to be asked to do other things, we've got a, we've got a much deeper knowledge. So it's great for us as well. It's uh, there's no downside. There's no downside. There's no downside. There's and no downside. You're in America, so you can have any range of eggs for breakfast that you want. Oh yeah, I can. I've well, I, and so the, it's good that it's good then that. We offer that as a distinct service in our position in terms of our offering and services. It's a dis- positioning as a discrete thing with, which we can offer either as an individual part or as part of a wider process about brand. Makes yeah. sense. Well, so a couple of clients where that's solution. the door we've gone in. Yeah, that's a couple yeah. of clients where yeah. we've gone in through that door, haven't we? That's mm-hmm. where the conversation yep. actually started. And they, and I love how clients love it. They do. They go, "This is good," and also it's helped them cut stuff away. Suddenly, you go, "We don't need this," or "This doesn't make sense." Yeah, the rush that's to get it, things happening. Yeah, that's what it strikes me about this conversation. Is what it brings is a sharpness, a clarity, a focus that, that's useful for all teams, including yeah, car marketing and comms, that sales, yeah. operation, everything. It provides that sort of sense of focus, which is really important. Because I guess the risk of not doing it is. You just live in this world of features and venom. You're the same as everybody. You make it harder mm-hmm. to buy customers. Because you point about, I think customers buy solutions. Mm-hmm. And you've got to kind of show that you're the solution to the problem, not just easy to use. And if you can demonstrate that, you know, through value, that this will make you money, save you money by doing by choosing, then you're automatically elevating yourself in the conversation. And I guess in your view, sure, then, is, is it more important in a B2B space where it's a complex purchase rather than a... Definitely. Yeah, oh, I'm going to hold Oh, yeah. It's, it's a longer, more complicated. Reputations are at risk. And mm. so what you've got to do, you're training customers to make the right decision. You're not selling to them. Mm. That, that's Although the kind of thing it is very doing. important in the B2B space because of probably, like you say, the, the percent or the, the value and the complexity of the decision making. However, I was trying to buy a tumble dryer yesterday and those... That is a category could do with a little bit of product positioning because I was like, yeah, I basically just got bored and picked one that I wanted was around about my price point. I even got bored reading the features. Yeah, it's a terribly positioned marketplace. Well, that 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 goods. sector's quite bad for it, white goods, isn't it? It's, it seems to be feature yeah. feature. I just feature. went for a big one, a big white one. That was <laughs> from a brand that I recognised. Well, that's the other point, the brand you recognise. That's you know, where brand you... plays, isn't yeah, it? That's where that brand is. does. Because it is, that's ultimately what, that that is the, and we, talk, used to, we talked about this way back in the day with Honeywell, pre-even the Residio spin-off when we worked with, when we were working on some of the smart um, thermostat tech launches on the consumer side of things. And in that space, in the smart home space, where it was full of gimmickry at the time, this is going back probably, what, five, six, seven years ago, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I remember we had the conversation with Honeywell there to say, you've got brand is literally the only differentiator in this space because all the technology yep. is doing the same stuff everyone has pretty much the same feature set as long as far as your customer is concerned so how do you use brand how do you use your brand to be the sort of defining or the differentiating factor when customers are making it and again chris asked the question yesterday about that does positioning help even if there's a big brand player in there so if you're up against ibm 
dispositioning help? And it absolutely does help because if you can be clearer on your position, like why choose us against the alternative? So if the alternative is this, it's going to be easier to pay IBM because it's going to be the safe choice. At least you're escalating your positioning to be we are a safe choice too because mm. and and so it might not overcome the brand there but it yeah. certainly will put you higher in contention rather than just a load of features and benefits it will mm-hmm. this is why you should choose us over it puts you in the right territory yeah it's, there, it's yeah. like you're spending your time in america sure very wisely <laughs> i am yeah, and i had a steak last night did you steak, that's so, not like so, you I know, so we went to a steakhouse. It felt rude, <laughs> right. not, felt rude, right. felt rude not to. Yeah, it was the size of my head. So it was there. So I've still got half of it for breakfast. <laughs> right, it's nice to see you all. Right, yeah. Okay, I'm hitting all the button. Cheerio. Bye.